Welcome to the Moose Room. We are back here this week with the OG3 and one of our favorite special guests, my intern. Meredith is with us for one more episode here. As we are recording this, this is her last week as my intern, and I'm very sad about it, but I wanted to get her on the podcast one more time, and we actually have a, a really interesting topic that we're going to cover today. But I think first, before we we dive into that, let's check in with Meredith a little bit. How does it feel that it's your last week? I'm a little sad because it was a fun summer, but I'm going to be moving in to on St. Paul campus at the U this week. So I'm excited for that. It's a state fair. That'll be fun. But yeah, doing good. Well, I'm glad to hear you're sad and not like, I'm so excited to be done because I'm also very sad. I, I will miss having you around. Yeah, you know, and and we've said it, I think the first episode you were on too, you know, these these interns that we get an extension, they are, I always say like, they are not just interns, you know, they, they are a part of our team, they are just as capable as we are. And I always say this, and it's always true, you know, whenever I have an intern, I'm like, I don't think I could survive the summer if I didn't have an intern to just help me get the work done and step in and teach and, and do all these various things, so. We'll probably save a little more sappiness for the end of the episode. But for right now, we are going to dive in uh, to a topic that Meredith is, is really passionate about and that she actually wrote a really nice article about on the Extension website. So I'll make sure that Joe gets that linked in the episode notes. Uh, but we're going to be talking a little bit about cleaning tractors and, and farm equipment. And you might be like, okay, yeah, what's the point of that, you know, but there are a lot of reasons to do it. Meredith, I'll let you start out why it's important to think about cleaning our tractors and equipment, and then we'll kind of move on from there. You know, especially in times where your work schedule gets heavy and you have a lot of things on your plate, washing equipment, you know, it falls kind of lower on the totem pole. Not exactly a priority, but it should be because it is really important especially for biosecurity and cross-contamination and, you know, to reduce fire on machinery. From biosecurity standpoint, you know, if you're going from barn to barn or different buildings, you know, stopping that spread of disease and bacteria by washing the equipment, especially from like cross-contamination between fields, you know, that mud and debris can build up and that can also spread weed seed, bacterial pathogens, disease, and pests. So making sure we're washing that equipment. From a machinery fire, when it is dry weather, debris can build up and that can create combustion on a warm engine and create a fire. So it's really important to be, you know, keeping that in mind and washing that equipment, even when it's not always thought about. Yeah, absolutely. And I... <laughs> You know, we we record the podcast on Zoom, so we do have video of each other as we're recording. And Joe is just like, yep, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and as soon as Meredith said biosecurity, he perked up a little bit. So let's maybe start by diving in a little bit deeper um, to the biosecurity piece. And and I know it's something that Joe is passionate about. And and Brad, of course, knows, knows its importance as well. Um, I think especially with operating two separate dairy herds, with the same facilities there in Morris. So let's dive a little deeper into biosecurity and kind of what that means specifically for washing equipment. I'll let Meredith start and then I'm sure Joe will have something to chime in. 
I personally am always affected, you know, by biosecurity. I live on a turkey farm, so biosecurity is really important to me and my family um, and making sure, you know, we're stopping that spread of disease, right? Especially with the flu that's going around right now. It's really important, you know, that we're washing our equipment. But anytime you are washing your equipment, you know, follow that wash down with a broad spectrum disinfectant. Make sure you're cleaning all the surfaces, you know, reducing those visible threats. Yeah, when we're we're talking about equipment, when we're talking about boots, when we're talking about anything, uh, there's two, there's always two steps, right? We're always talking about cleaning and then disinfecting. You have to clean first. A disinfectant does nothing if you're pouring it on something that's caked in manure. It, it, it can't do its job. So you have to get the debris off first. You've got to clean things first and then you disinfect. And that's how it is for, for everything. We don't even have to be talking about uh, agriculture related things. I mean, we're talking about brewing equipment. We're talking about anything that's related to that. Uh, you have to clean first, then you disinfect. That's how it works for everything. And to Meredith's point at the beginning, everyone's busy. I, I'm a vet. I'm supposed to have biosecurity at the top of my list at all times. And I am totally guilty of getting tired, getting busy, not changing coveralls between farms and, and, and saying, oh, that it's probably okay. It's probably good enough. And that's that's a constant battle to to stay on top of it and remind yourself, no, this this is really important. And and but I totally get it. I'm I'm very guilty of the same thing uh, of letting it slip uh, every once in a while, especially when you're tired. Yeah, you just kind of have to take a deep breath and reset and then remind yourself why it's important um, because it it really is. So, Joe, I'm curious because you've been on a lot of farms and I know you've seen a lot of things. What would you say when it comes to like equipment? What is the thing that's missed most often with cleaning and disinfecting? Is it tires? Is it, you know, something else? It's the trailer more than any anything else. It's the trailer. And it's it's one of those things that when you when you need the trailer, you need it right now. Like you don't, you know, a lot of the other things you can, okay, you go to use the spreader and you're like, oh, you know, I probably should wash that down real quick. And it's not going to really affect anything. But anytime you need the trailer, you, you need it right now. And people are waiting on you. So if you get to the trailer and it's dirty, odds are you're just going to use it. So I, I think uh, between that and shoots, like if you have a portable shoot, it's the same thing. When you go to need the, when you go to get the shoot, you, you need it. And so I, I think it's one of those things where you should take the time to clean it. Um, but once people are waiting on you and you got more stuff to do, it, it, I understand why it doesn't happen. But that's why every time you use it, you just clean it right away so that the next time you go to use it and you need it right now, it's it's ready to go. Yeah, I think that's a great idea that that's kind of part of the the trailer hauling checklist is, you know, you're not you're not done hauling until you've cleaned out the empty trailer. Then it's done. And it's ready to go for next time. Yes, I've I've seen some questionable trailers in my life, uh, you know, at county fairs and whatnot. So I I agree with that. Bradley, I saw you were kind of nodding along, especially when Joe talked about cleaning the chute. Do you clean your chute every time after you use it? <laughs> we try. We we really do. You know, it's not easy. It's one of those bottom things that everybody forgets about but i'm all about cleaning especially in the winter time you know we we use our chute in the winter time and sometimes you get a bunch of frozen manure and it causes lots of issues so 
and I am a stickler and we are a stickler here at Morris about clean livestock trailers. And if you think about biosecurity, we do not allow any livestock trailers on site unless they are washed and disinfected and they can prove it. So um, it's pretty important, uh, especially when Meredith thinks about, you know, turkeys and trying to control disease. So that's, that's one thing I do not allow. Otherwise you got a load on the road and that's kind of a pain. Well, I think that's a good standard just to have, you know, if it's not cleaned, if you can't, you know, prove it's been cleaned and disinfected prior to coming here, don't, don't come on. And, and I think that has the Dr. Joe stamp of approval as well. Two thumbs up from Dr. Joe. Excellent. All right. I feel like, you know, we could talk biosecurity for an hour on this podcast, and I'm sure we have at least if not more over time. Uh, but I want to, I want to kind of switch to some of the other things. And I think, you know, Meredith got at some points when she was giving her overview that we maybe don't think about. And so I specifically want to now switch to talking about cross-contamination between fields, which, you know, as, as Meredith kind of said at the beginning, can cause some things that can threaten your yield. Um, you know, you can carry diseases and pests from field to field. Uh, so I think, again, Meredith, I'll maybe let you kind of dive a little deeper into it and then me, Joe, and Bradley can offer our questions and comments. Your sources are, you know, planting, tillage, you know, and even ATVs. Like you're driving around in like a gator or ATVs. Those are also a very big thing that can spread. But, you know, that mud and debris can accumulate on that equipment. So it's important to regularly clean that to reduce the spread of weed seed, bacteria, pathogens, and pests from field to field. The ATV is something that people don't think about very much. And, and it is something, I mean, you hop on and you go everywhere in it, right? The same thing when, you know, I've been on the dairy with Bradley and it's the same thing with the, the gators. And of course the, the electric gators that were written into the grants and all these things that are, that are out there that, that you just, you just hop in and you go and you don't really think about it. Um, and I know that there's, there's a lot of guys that check, check fields on ATVs and on dirt bikes. And that's not something you really think about where it's like, oh, well, that is something that could be carrying. You're just spreading everything. And it's probably really efficient at spreading everything from field to field or pasture to pasture. So it's not something I thought about at all. So I'm glad that you brought it up, Meredith. Quick plug here. So the Minnesota 4-H program has an awesome ATV safety program. And that's the part of the, you know, the outdoor adventures program area. And so they also promote this campaign. It's called Leave No Trace. And that's really what it's all about. That, of course, the context is a little more into trail riding. But if you have an ATV on your farm and you have kids, they're probably just cruising around on them for fun. Hopefully they're wearing uh, their helmets when they do that. Uh, but yeah, and so part of Leave No Trace is just about thinking about where you have been with the equipment. And, you know, if you've done damage with the equipment to an area, you know, tearing up a part of a field or a driveway or something, making sure that you're, you know, repairing that, fixing it, any earth you've disturbed is getting put back into place. Uh, but with Leave No Trace as well, that includes, you know, making sure you're not bringing something somewhere else. And so shout out again to our Minnesota ATV um, 4-H safety program. They do a great job with that. And I think, yeah, ATVs are probably much, much bigger culprits than, than we think about. I think, you know, a lot of people might go, oh yeah, I need to, you know, clean the tractor tires or, you know, the, the till or, or whatever, you know, tilling equipment you've been using. 
but just that thing you use to buzz around from field to field or check hay or whatever, that might not be something you regularly think about, uh, you know, just like with your car, you know, taking your car to other farms and other places and, and making sure that you're, you know, getting those tires washed off and disinfected, you know, that's kind of a biosecurity piece too. But I think also applies here, you know, if you take the, the pickup, the farm pickup to go check fields, we also have that risk of, of cross-contamination. And I think we know, especially the thing that really sticks with me is spreading weed seed. And we know in Minnesota, you know, we've seen Palmer amaranth and had some of those issues. And those are teeny, teeny, tiny seeds that can get into anything and be spread really easily and among all sorts of other things too, right? Ragweed, et cetera. Yeah. So I think that that cross-contamination piece is is really interesting. And I'm kind of curious, I want to toss this to Bradley quick. Um, because again, you know, as I've mentioned, you have kind of two, two unique setups going on at the Darien Morris with the conventional and an organic side. Do you guys put any thought into that when you're using your gators or, or anything to go from, you know, one pasture to the next, making sure that maybe if we have a, a treated field, we're not going on to an organic field, et cetera. Yeah, we, we do from, uh, you know, if we think about it from tractors or equipment, we we wash them and you know pow power wash them to get all the dirt and everything off. If we're going from a conventional to organic, those are the sort of organic rules um, to do that. So yeah, we are on top of those things. As far as gators and ATVs, uh, we we tend not to run those through conventional land things like that. But you know, based on even Meredith's article, and one thing that she said was about weeds, and I never really thought about spreading weeds from one field to the next or from pasture to pasture. So maybe I need to be a little more cognizant about uh, weeds in our ATVs, and you never know what what might get from one pasture to the neck. There you have it. Even even the tenured professor can learn something from the intern. So <laughs> Absolutely, great. exactly. I didn't really think about that either, but. I mean, most of the time when you're out spraying or you're doing something like that, like you're in one of those vehicles and then you go right back to using it for everything else. And I didn't cross my mind at all. Good thought. All right. Now let's move on to kind of the last section, I guess, of this article. And this is specifically a topic that I'm really passionate about and, and have written about as well. And that's reducing fire risk, especially with machinery. And, you know, we, we had a lot of concerns with that when we were in the drought. And of course there are areas of the state that are still in drought. And so, especially when you're dealing with really, really dry material, you really need to be thinking about that fire risk. So Meredith, can you talk a little more about fire risk in, in machinery and, and ways we can reduce that? When I was originally writing this article, you know, I was going through like biosecurity, you know, cross-contamination. And then Emily was like, oh yeah, you know, like, and the fire risk. And I was like, oh yeah, the fire risk, right? Like sometimes, you know, you're not always thinking about that. Like you just don't realize it. And especially when, you know, the dry weather is really persistent and in different areas, it's good to keep that on your mind and keep thinking about that, right? Um, but, you know, removing that debris and dry matter, which can accumulate on, you know, combines or hay harvesting equipment, making sure you're cleaning that because that can reduces your chance of combustion on that warm engine. So um, just, you know, cutting down on that chances of fire. Something I love about, you know, this entire article, and we'll kind of end with talking a little more about just general things to keep in mind with cleaning and washing, et cetera. But 
cleaning your equipment serves multiple purposes, right? It reduces biosecurity issues and can reduce your fire risk and can prevent field contamination. So it's kind of this one thing you can do that helps with risk management in multiple areas, uh, which I think is, is so, so important, right? Because if some of that debris you're cleaning out is to prevent that weed seed from cross-contamination, well, now you're also clearing it out so that it's not a fire risk and sitting there drying out and then potentially combusting when when you have that engine warm and, and that tractor running. So I'm so passionate about reducing fire risk on the farm because it's something that is is easy if we, if we take the time to do it. And I would also be remiss if I didn't mention here that if you don't, you should get a fire extinguisher in all of your tractor cabs, all of your combines, because sometimes it is just a little combustion that you can quickly get under control with a fire extinguisher. And, you know, that way not risk losing your entire piece of equipment because the whole thing goes up in flames. So also going to give my my quick plug for a fire extinguisher in, in all your tractors and combines as well. And one of the things that I think about too is that a lot of times you see caked up material and stuff that's been built up over time. And a lot of that, we've been talking a lot about pressure washing and using water to wash. And I think a good first step before you do any of that is to either have your air compressor or a leaf blower even or something to just get most of the stuff that's loose and dry off before you get it wet because you can't always reach everywhere with a, a pressure washer and 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 when you do sometimes you're just adding water to this dust that then gets caked on and dries out later and causes more of a problem so uh, water isn't always the first step in my my opinion. I like to to blow, especially your motor and 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 areas where there's a little more sensitive equipment. You want to get that that blown off first before you're adding water to the situation. Yeah, because sometimes that material can basically just act like a sponge and like Joe said, kind of crust up or or cake on there, especially if it's, you know, sitting on a a corner and there's maybe not gravity there to to work with you. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Getting some of that debris kind of blown out first, and then you can, you know, like Meredith said, really get in with with the washing piece, and then doing the disinfecting piece if if that's a part that you need to do as well. Bradley, right. anything to add? Have you guys ever had an equipment fire? We we have not. We have not, mm. uh, which is good. a good thing. Yeah. So, sorry, Bradley. I wasn't trying to expose you or anything. No, so. no, no. no. <laughs> I feel like we've been talking a lot about cleaning and and why it's important. And I think probably most of us have a really general idea of, of how to clean things, what needs to be done. But you know me, I'm all about the refresher here. I think that that's a really important piece of just let's let's remind ourselves of what it is we need to do. I'll maybe kind of start with some things and then Meredith, you can chime in with some things, you know, and we've already mentioned a few of these things, but the first, the first thing that Meredith put on her article under, you know, kind of basics of cleaning, she actually talks about PPE, personal protective equipment, which is really important. And I think, you know, we, we associate PPE with a lot of jobs, you know, when we're handling pesticides, uh, if we need to be um, handling grain, doing something like that, we maybe don't always think about the role PPE can play when we are cleaning things, but it's just as important, especially if you're using a cleaning agent, some sort of disinfectant or detergent, uh, making sure that you are, you know, protecting yourself from that, long sleeves, long pants, 
gloves, eye protection. Another big one people miss a lot on all areas of farming is hearing protection. Farming is so loud. And, and especially if you are using compressed air or you know, leaf blower, like Joe mentioned, anything like that. And, and if that's something you're going to be holding that equipment and using it for at least, you know, any time longer than 10 minutes, you can sustain hearing damage from that. Um, and so, you know, making sure that you have that hearing protection as well. Sometimes res respirators are necessary for certain cleaning projects. So just don't forget that other piece to, to protect yourself too. You know, it's that balance of we're trying to maintain the health of our farm, but we don't want to put our own health at risk to do that as well. So yes, shout out to PPE, love personal protective equipment. Always, always so important, even with cleaning as well. So Meredith, what, what else? What are kind of one or two other kind of big things you want people to, to keep in mind about cleaning and washing their farm equipment? If you do remember, not saying this is every time, but it can be a quick thing, right? Like, oh, I got it. I'm just going to clean this click quick and then I'll move on to something else, right? But, you know, making sure that you have an area set up away from your barns and livestock and crops so that that runoff from your equipment that you're cleaning isn't going into the barns and crops that you worked so hard to clean the, the equipment so that it wasn't getting into those areas. So making sure you are, you have a way for that runoff to not go in, go into that crops or your pens or your livestock buildings, because the whole reason you are cleaning your equipment so it doesn't go to those places. So making sure that you have an area that you are washing that has a place for runoff. That's a really good one. And I, I see Joe nodding. So Joe, I'm curious, what else would you add to this list under, you know, basics of cleaning and washing from, from your vet perspective and just your life perspective? Again, you've, you've been on a lot of farms. You've seen a lot of things. The best example for something like what Meredith was talking about is calf hutches. If you're going to clean calf hutches, you need to take them somewhere where the runoff isn't just going to run into all the other calf hutches and the area where you're going to be putting the calf hutches. Because unfortunately, those bugs are really, really hardy. And when you're power washing them, you're really just kind of moving them around. You're not killing any of those bugs. So if you take all your calf hutches uphill from where you're going to then put them back, you've just washed all the pathogens that you're trying to avoid back into the area where you're going to put your calf hutches, which completely defeats the point. So it's something that you got to keep in mind and think about that. That's the one I see the most, but mo most people are pretty aware that they take them completely out of the area before they, they clean them and get them and disinfect or leave them upside down in the sun. However you want to do that. I think that's the only other thing that I, I think people forget. Uh, a lot of times is that yes disinfectants are great especially when you're cleaning and when you have really hardy pathogens but uh, the sun is one of our best disinfectants that we have just letting things dry in the sun will take care of almost everything so i think that uh that's one that you you can you can use to your advantage and and take advantage of but it's a really good point to be mindful of where you're doing this cleaning, because a lot of times, like I said, especially when you're cleaning and, and before you get to the disinfecting part, you're just pushing those pathogens around rather than killing them or, or and you just want to be mindful of where they go. And hopefully you don't have your calf hutches on low ground because then you're in for a whole host of other issues as well. Um, but yeah, and I love that you mentioned the sun. Let those UV rays do their job. 
the sun is free. That's what I love about it. So yeah, free is good. And, yeah. and I, I think that the other thing that I, I think that sometimes people have a day where they're just like, I, it's cleaning day, you know, and if you're going to do a cleaning day like that, then you need to move younger to older. So uh, whatever it, and it doesn't matter what species we're talking about, really, you know, you want to start where you want things to be cleanest. And especially if you're not going to like change equipment or boots or really take the time to like clean yourself in between places, then you need to start at your youngest animals and work your way up to your older animals because pathogens move from old to young. At the very least, wash your boots between animal groups, please. Please, please. <laughs> yeah, at least spraying off that extra manure and, and all that. And of course, yeah, working youngest to oldest uh, is, is a great method to use as well, because we know our younger animals uh, don't have as built up immune systems yet. Bradley, I'm curious, talked a little bit about some of the things you do in Morris with cleaning, but what you know, say say when you're training in your new your new interns or your grad students or you know farm workers on stuff. What is something in the cleaning realm that you always like to really emphasize with people? We like to emphasize, and I do as well, cleaning in calves to keep disease down. So clean all of the utensils, all of our calf utensils. You know, if you feed one calf, clean the bucket before it gets fed with another. We disinfect everything. You know, I think about cleaning calves is the first thing that comes to my mind, keeping the calf area, calf utensils all clean, because that really sets everything up for disease can spread like wildfire in calving areas and calving pens. So uh, calves are, that's the big thing in cleanliness, just keeping things clean. And we, our workers do a, a phenomenal job in keeping things clean. Our disease rate is quite low. So that's where we try and emphasize, definitely. I've got a soapbox issue. I don't know if you guys are okay with me jumping on the soapbox. Drag it out, Joe. Let's hear it. I got it. Okay, so the one thing I've seen, especially this is true in the parlor, is that cleaning gets emphasized a lot and you want to be clean. But there is a time where you can take it too far. There's certain times that we, we need things to dry out. They need to dry. You know, so if they're constantly wet, that's not good either. So you can clean and clean and clean and clean. But at some point, you got to let things dry out. And so especially in the parlor, there's a time to be spraying down the floor. And, and I get that you want to keep up with it, keep it clean. That's fine. But when the units are on or the they're just finished milking and those cows are still standing there, you can't be spraying down the floor of the parlor. Because all you're doing is aerosolizing bacteria and all these pathogens in that manure. So, like I said, I think there's cleaning is a great deal. We need to do it. But at some point, you got to remember that things have to dry out eventually. And there's a time and a place to be spraying things down. And, and you got to be mindful of the collateral damage you can cause uh, by cleaning at an inappropriate time or not letting things dry out. Yeah. And, and I would just tack on to that really quickly, too, that... You know, I've seen parlors where as the next, you know, group of cows are walking in, they're trying to spray things down. And again, yeah, you have manure splashing up. And two, that can be stressful for the cows that they're trying to walk in and there's somebody spraying water at their feet. So then we talk about adrenaline release and that blocks oxytocin. And then we're, 
you know, making things go even longer in the parlor. So there's a lot of different little pieces um, that are related to that. We, of course, have have strayed a little bit from the path and, and went really specific dairy, um, especially on some of this. But I was looking again at this article Meredith wrote and something she put that holds a close place in the heart of the moose room, and that is record keeping. And so Meredith puts on here, keep a vehicle and machinery cleaning log as a part of your farm record keeping. Cleaning logs, love it, love it. Cause then you know the last time something was cleaned and you hopefully know who cleaned it. You know, people can sign off on who did what, what was done. So then you don't have to play the guessing game of was it cleaned, when was it cleaned? You don't have to run around the farm asking five people if they cleaned something or when they did it and they may or may not remember. Uh, you just have something you can go back to and look at. Okay, this pen got cleaned X number of days ago. So we know in four more days, then we have to clean it again. Anything like that can be so, so useful. We are all about the record keeping here. Write it down, have it somewhere, even if it's just a notebook that's in the machine shed. You know, that is that is better than nothing and can really help help hold people accountable to, to keeping things clean and just give you that really quick reference to what has been done, what maybe needs to be done. Well, and it's a nonverbal way to say, okay, this is clean. Like if you're wondering if the trailer got disinfected or not, and that person's not there or you're just busy and you don't, you can't get a hold of them, whatever, you know, it, it saves you time eventually because you're going to be wondering, did it get cleaned or not? You, you can know, you can know. And, and I, I'm big on that too, especially, I mean, even if, you know, you keep a log, which is good, but even if you just say, okay, the trailer does not get parked here until it is clean and disinfected. So if it's here, I know it's ready to go. Um, if it's over there, if it's parked somewhere else, then I know it needs to be clean still, because I know you can't get to it all the time right away, but that's any, anything like that to make it so clear, whether it's done or not is a great idea. Kind of, I feel like we're wrapping things up here, but I want to toss it back to Meredith one more time. Uh, Meredith, is is there anything else when, you know, we're thinking about just cleaning and washing farm machinery, a little, one final kind of tip or trick or reminder you want to share with people? As, you know, we progress, we're starting to get newer tractors, right? So nicer tractors, maybe have more sensors, different types of, you know, cool things that they added to the tractors, but Making sure that you're not damaging those things. If you are using a high pressure washer, make sure that you know where those things are. You know what you have on your tractor so that you aren't damaging that, right? We don't want to go backwards. We want to go forward. So if you do have a new tractor, make sure you know what you have and that you are not damaging it. You don't want to damage a new tractor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, you know, you said the magic word, which is sensors. So I feel like we have to throw this over to Bradley really quick. Can you clean too vigorously and damage sensors, Bradley? You sure can, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. We did it with our electric gators, and when when you screw up electronics, it causes lots of issues with it. So yeah, you got to be careful when you're when you're spraying. Don't spray too direct on them. Don't get too close. Just got to be careful. As soon as Meredith said sensors, I was like, Bradley kind of made this face where I'm like, hmm, I think he has lived experience with this. Yeah, it cost, uh, we had to take a, a ranger back and get fixed and it was $2,000. So Oof. yeah, just be careful. So yes, if you have the big fancy new toys, make sure that you're taking proper care of them and taking caution when you're cleaning as well. Meredith, Dr. Joe or Bradley, any final thoughts on cleaning equipment? 
I think it's our our last chance for Meredith to ask questions if she's thought of any since the last time she was on. It's your last chance to put us on the spot if you've got any questions. <laughs> I just want to say thank you guys for having me on the podcast again. I had a great time talking with you guys about this. So thanks for also since it's my last week. Thanks for making my last week fun. <laughs> Well, you're welcome, Meredith. Thank you for thinking we're fun. That's great to hear. <laughs> uh, yes, well, and, and as I said at the beginning, and I will say it again, of course, I have to take my opportunity. It has been so great to have you on as an intern and you have made, you know, a, a really big impact with your work and, and just all the content you've turned out. And, you know, of course, I have to to promote this article, which will be linked in our show notes as well. Um, and there are a couple other articles from Meredith as well on our website. So you'll have to check those out. But um, it has been a great summer working with you. And I've already told Meredith this. She's she's not going to escape me, probably not going to escape Joseph or Bradley either, especially since she will be on campus. Um, and so who knows? We we might have Meredith back uh, on the Moose Room in the, in the future as well. She can give us an update about what's going on as well. But yes, I I have to sincerely say thank you to Meredith for, for all of her hard work this summer and making making my life easier as well and you know helping us continue a lot of our farm safety and health programming and, and getting us out there a little bit more. Thank you, Meredith. I really I will miss you. <laughs> we are going to wrap it there. So if you have any questions, comments, or scathing rebuttals about today's episode, you can email those to themoosroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. If you have a question that you would like us to answer on a future episode of The Moose Room, you can call and leave us a voicemail at 612-624-3610. You can also find us on Twitter at umnmooseroom, and you can learn more about all of the work that we are doing by visiting our website, extension.umn.edu. I think that's a wrap. I don't think I missed anything. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This will come out not this Monday, but a week from Monday. It actually, it's good timing because everyone will need to be washing their trailers when they get back from the fair. So exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like, ooh, this feels timely. That we're like, wash your trailer. Wash your trailer. <laughs> Before you come to the fair and after. Yes, please. Yeah.